I'm Mark Holland. And I'm Omar Algabra. And this is In Camera. Well, we're back uh, from a week in the ridings and from Thanksgiving. What did you do back in the riding, Omar? I had uh, a, a, a load amount of turkey. A, a turkey. <laughs> well, that's that's festively appropriate. Uh, I uh, I did as well. Great time with uh, with family and friends. I uh, I also got to celebrate a birthday, which is uh, which is fun. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of people don't know uh, perhaps what we do in the ridings uh, back in the week. Uh, we, we, Give us a flavor of what the life of Omar Al-Gabra back in Mississauga is like. I think all of the MPs this past week were celebrating your birthday, Mark. So uh, well, it, they, they didn't send me messages, so they were doing it silently. Just because you didn't know about it, it doesn't mean it wasn't <laughs> happening. I think we all were celebrating your birthday. So I certainly spent all week, uh, every time I met somebody, I told them, did you know that it was Mark's birthday? Wow. Uh, but in, uh, <laughs> other than uh, letting everybody know that it was your birthday, um, I had a lot of amount of weekends because you and I are parliamentary secretaries. We uh, end up staying uh, in Ottawa on Fridays as well. Right. So we have a limited amount of uh, days where we get to schedule constituency meeting, and certainly during break weeks. And last week was one of those uh, constituency weeks. I had a chance to catch up on those meeting requests, and uh, it was really important. I met uh, with dozens of constituents. Uh, on a variety of subjects, from immigration sponsorship cases to uh, to uh, people who are stuck abroad, to people who are looking for help, um, if people are looking for jobs. So I'm sure you did the same thing. Yeah, and and you know I think it's it's one of those things people aren't sure of. of you know what does an MP do when they're not in Ottawa? Um, MPs of all stripes that spend uh, time in their ridings, obviously trying to help. Uh, depends riding to riding what the issues are. Obviously for you and I. Um, we have we have a lot of immigration uh, issues. Uh, we have a, a lot of issues as well around uh, Revenue Canada, attending events, things of that nature. Uh, so, but it's good good to be back, obviously, and uh, and see friends and family. But um, uh, uh, it's it's still a lot of work when we're back there. But obviously, enjoy it. Now we're here back in Ottawa, and uh, one of the issues that um, has been percolating in the last while certainly has been coming up a lot on uh, my file. Is the issue of, uh, of irregular border crossing and uh, people seeking refuge in Canada? I thought uh, it was a good opportunity to talk about that issue a little bit. Yeah, and it uh, it actually um, um, also uh, coincided with the terrorist attack that happened in Edmonton, where the accused um, has been revealed that he was also an asylum seeker, uh, and people started asking questions: Are we undermining? Um, Canada's safety and security by accepting asylum seekers. So I thought it would be a good, we both thought it was a good idea to talk about immigration in general, uh, to let people know first and foremost that uh, while we welcome close to 300,000 people a year, the overwhelming majority of them are not uh, refugees or asylum seekers. Uh, they're either economic, uh, in fact, 60% of them are economic immigrants people who apply to immigrate to Canada based on their skills and knowledge or financial resources. And uh, about 25% uh, uh, are family reunification. 
so the overwhelming majority of, uh, of uh, our newcomers uh, come um, because they have families or because they have economic interests. Right. And, I, and you know, we could have a separate podcast talking about the importance of immigration and how it's an incredible driver of economic growth, uh, how all the evidence has shown uh, not only has our economic success really been built on immigration, uh, but that our future success is dependent upon it. But we're not gonna, we're, we won't go fully down that. I think it's an important delineation for people to understand the difference between immigration on the one hand and refugee on the other. And we see that uh, with the terrorist attack that we saw in Edmonton, a lot of misinformation, uh, for example, saying that this individual came in with a criminal history or that... Uh, the proper screening wasn't done. Uh, every time somebody enters Canada, uh, there is a health check that is done. There is biometric uh, checks that are done. There is security checks that are done uh, to ensure that that person is, in fact, uh, uh, not a security risk to Canada. It doesn't have a criminal history. Uh, certainly with the individual in Edmonton, that is what occurred. Um, and uh, the, the other thing to understand is there is no free ticket to Canada. Uh, there's no way of circumventing the refugee process. Uh, when somebody arrives on Canadian soil, they are subject, they are apprehended, uh, they are subject to those security tests and screening that I talked about. Uh, and then we make a decision uh, through a quasi-judicial body about the legitimacy of their claim. But, you know, one of the things that's so important, Canada has always had a history of of taking in those individuals who are in uh, in harm's way, the mo really the most vulnerable people on the planet. And you know, when we think of the situation in Syria, where people are fleeing genocide and fleeing horrific, unimaginable circumstances, uh, and are in refugee camps, uh, Canada stood up and, and 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 did its part. In fact, the last election was no small part about that, about us playing our role. Countries like Germany did much more, uh, took in a million refugees. Uh, but Canada has a long, proud tradition of, of stretching its arm around those that are the most vulnerable in the world who otherwise would be sent to their death or torture. I also think it's really important to remind ourselves why we got here and how we got here. You know, in our history, um, there have been uh, stories where uh, at one point we turned back Jews uh, because uh, we thought uh, we had too many Jews. There was also in our history where we turned back a ship full of uh, sick who were escaping India. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, in both incidents, um, um, there were severe consequences to people who we sent back. And we learned lessons from those stories. We actually today apologized for them, for those mistakes. And based on these mistakes, we decided as a country, collectively, that any time somebody comes to our country seeking asylum, before we make any decision, we would give them an honest chance to appeal for their case, to explain why they're escaping, where they're escaped from, and what their conditions are, and make a decision independently, not through partisan body, not through political bodies, but an independent quasi-judicial body, to assess the circumstances of that particular individual and, and perhaps their family and make a decision based on that because we don't want to make the mistake, repeat the mistakes of the past. And sometimes we forget those mistakes and it's important to remind ourselves of those. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, that's exactly why we signed conventions uh, against, um, uh, about that very thing, because of the mistakes of the past, signing conventions to assure that when somebody reaches our soil, that they be given a fair shot to be heard and that we don't send them back to some sort of horrific circumstance. And we have to remember 
that refugees are uh, unfortunately legitimate refugees coming from horrific circumstances that we can hardly imagine. And that's where we have to ask what the rest of the world, uh, you know, how we would interact or even trade with the rest of the world if we failed to meet our obligations. You know, how do we trade with Germany after they've taken in a million Syrian refugees and we take none? Uh, when we have a crisis and we need international help, the world is going to ask, where were you? And frankly, how would we want to be treated if, God forbid, ever, something ever happened in Canada, a natural disaster or something that required us to flee Canada? Uh, if our citizens were arriving as refugees on other shores, what would, ex what would we expect to be treated? And the, one of the most important points in all of this that sometimes gets lost is uh, that refugees are less likely to commit crimes. Refugees are more likely to hire other Canadians. They're more likely um, to be successful generally uh, by almost every metric um, than, a, than a natural born citizen. Uh, and that, you know, even if you take this latest wave of refugees that we were, uh, we had a situation at the, where we had a lot of irregular crossings, their conservatives were talking about, oh, criminality, criminality. It was less than 1% at any example of criminality, and of course those people are identified and dealt with appropriately. Uh, but the, the, the instances of, uh, of refugees um, uh, being, uh, you know, having a criminal background, um, it is actually less likely than somebody naturally born here. And it's also important to note that people who fail their application for asylum, uh, uh, people who do not persuade the IRB that they have a legitimate reason to stay, are deported, absolutely, um, and that's also get missed sometimes. So it, it's it's really important to uh, uh, go beyond the rhetoric. I know uh, there's a temptation sometimes uh, to play partisan and political game. I mean, at, at the end of the day, we're uh, we're in a partisan uh, political body where people uh, will make arguments against each other, uh, but. To cut through all of that noise and look at the facts, um, many ref our refugees are about 12 to 14 percent of the newcomers that we take every year. The overwhelming majority of them uh, end up, in fact, if not all of them, end up succeeding in life, building business, growing a family, building this country, and, and leaving a tremendous legacy behind. And it's really important to avoid stereotyping, casting or painting with a broad brush a variety of people who are seeking refuge, who are escaping horrendous circumstances and are willing and have proven to be able to build this country. So yes, we need to be diligent. Yes, we need to do our due, uh, you know, due process, but let's not be seduced by this silly rhetoric. Right, and let's understand our shared humanity, uh, and that when there are horrors that happen in the world, when there is genocide, when there are uh, individuals' rights to self-determination that are being horrifically violated, uh, when people are being tortured, uh, that we have an obligation as part of an international community to act and to be part of an international community. Uh, and, and you know, it, it isn't just about, um, uh, about compassion and about caring. Uh, as I say, and as you mentioned, some of the hardest working people you will ever meet are the people who came here uh, in very vulnerable circumstances. They're some of the most grateful Canadians, and their contributions are something that we can be very proud of. Um, uh, maybe we're going to get uh, time in, in a future episode to talk about the issue of immigration more broadly, uh, because I think that you really rightfully mentioned, Omar, at the beginning, 
that there's two separate issues and we get confused about the, the, the passion and compassion, the compassion and uh, elements of, uh, of talking about the issues around refugees with the economic imperative of dealing with uh, immigration, which is a separate issue uh, and probably deserves a, a separate episode. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, this country, I mean, this is a cliche that all politicians use, has been built uh, by immigrants. Uh, plus uh, our indigenous peoples and 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 every person I know tells you I know some an immigrant my father my mother is an immigrant um, uh, and and we should not lose sight of that because we got to where we are uh, by embracing our diversity by embracing hard-working people from around the world and and it deserves I think a, a lengthy discussion and we look forward to having that in the near future me too that's uh, it for this week for In Camera. Uh, the house is sitting for the next four weeks, so we'll be back next week with another installment. Thanks for joining us. Please don't forget to send us your feedback, to send us your input. We look forward to receiving your ideas and what else you'd like us to talk about. But for now, thank you for listening. This has been In Camera. Mm -hmm.